Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful unto you. We thank you that your word is anointed. Your word is blessed to bless us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Is it powerful you are here? Wow. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 2 to 3. Deuteronomy chapter number 5. Let's read it together. We will do it. Let's take it from verse 1. All of us. Let's take it from verse 1. 1, go. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them, and keep them and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. Let's read verse 3. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. Are you alive this day? Are you sure you are alive this day? Awesome. We are talking about practicing the covenant. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. Practicing the covenant. The scripture we just read shows us that in verse number one, God gave instruction unto his people. And in the instruction, he told them about a covenant that he had in Horeb with his people. And God was speaking in verse number one, reminding them of the covenant that had already been enacted in Horeb. Then in that verse number one, he shows them a pattern to keep the covenant. And we see that for the people of God to operate in the covenant God wanted them to operate in, God is using his word as a benchmark to bring them into the relevance of the covenant. And he gives them a three-pointer direction and practice for them to always remind themselves of the covenant. So in that verse 1, you see that at the bottom part of that verse 1, it says, which I speak in your ears this day. So God is speaking to them. That ye may lend them. What's the first thing there? I can't hear you. What's the first thing there? That ye may lend them. Number two, and keep them. Number three, and do them. Praise the Lord. So first of all, 
God's covenant which he was introducing to that generation was first of all learnable. It was what? That means it was teachable. Are you following now? It was teachable. He said, I'm telling you that you may learn. (laughs) You don't just wake up to know what a covenant is and what to do when it comes to a covenant. Because God said, I'm telling you that you may learn them. There are things concerning the covenant with us. Because if you look at the verse number three, it's telling them that I don't, is it my, my, God was saying that my particular attention is not the covenant I have with your fathers, but with you. Even those of you who are alive this day, praise the Lord. So God has a place for covenant practice for his people. And for us to be able to practice it well, we need to learn. That's the first thing. We learn. Number two, we keep. We keep the covenant so we can practice. Keeping helps you, then number three, to do them. Praise the Lord. So learn them, keep them, and what? Do them. Can you re- rehearse it now in the years of everyone? One is what? Learn them, keep them, do them. Praise the Lord. So all the things God teaches us in terms of covenant, the end goal is for us to what? Do them. Without the doing, the learning is useless. Without the doing, the keeping is useless. A covenant doesn't work for you because you know about it. A covenant doesn't work for you because you kept it. A covenant works for you because you practice it. That you will do them, praise the Lord. And there are things we are going to be learning that some of you have not particularly been taught into details before. But we will have an opportunity to be learning here. But even before I do that, the verse number three makes us know that there is a difference between the covenant God has with our fathers and the covenant God has with us. And the difference is not in the fact that the content is different. The difference is in the fact that personnel may change, but God and his covenant is the same. As your father will die and go, he might have a certain relationship with God and you cannot always bang on the relationship your father has with God for your sustenance. God wants you to have a personal covenant relationship with him. That's why he says that the covenant I'm talking about, I'm not considering the one I have with your fathers, but the one that I have with you because you are the one that is alive right now. So somebody say personal covenant. I can't hear you say personal covenant. Yeah, it's very powerful. So every one of us here must practice our personal covenant with the Lord. When we do that, the blessings will come unto us directly. 
Praise the Lord. Direct blessings. Nice one. And because of this factor, you have to make a choice to serve the Lord in a glorious way and practice what will bring blessings unto you. There are many in church who have not encountered the blessings that come through the practice of covenant because we have not either been practicing well or we have not been practicing at all. But today I pray that God will show us mercy. Why do we need to walk in a covenant? What are the dimensions and the dynamics of covenant? What are even the benefits of walking in a covenant? Because when you know the benefit of a thing, it helps pursuit to be comfortable. Pursuit is tiring, wearisome. When you do not know the value or the benefit you will acquire from that particular journey or activity. So number one, I'm talking to you about benefit of pursuing your covenant, practicing your covenant. Number one, covenant provokes divine remembrance. In Leviticus 26 verse 42... Covenant provokes divine remembrance. Let's read it together. One go. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with what? Isaac. And also my covenant with what? Abraham will I what? Remember. And I will remember what? The land. Whenever God remembers his covenant with his people, he remembers their land. And remember that the land of Israel is actually defined <laughs> I want to say something. <laughs> the, the land of Israel, you see when we are talking about the, the fathers of Israel, you are talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the definition of the land is around these personalities. And God was saying that I will not only remember Abraham. I will remember Abraham for what Abraham stands for. I will remember Isaac for what Isaac stands for. Jacob for what Jacob stands for. question is, what do you stand for? And in this verse, you see that each one of them has a covenant with God. So he said, I will remember my covenant with Abraham. Then I will remember my covenant with Isaac. Then I will remember my covenant with what? Jacob. When that is done, then I will remember the land. So it is possible for God not to have remembered the land in the time of Isaac if Isaac had not entered into a covenant relationship with God, even though the Abrahamic covenant was there. And for most of us, my pastor is anointed. Is the reason why you are broke. Because you cannot always ride on the anointing of your pastor. You need a personal anointing. A personal covenant. Your father, Isaac, 
Abraham being your father does not exempt you from everything. Hey. So again, one and Abraham yan the covenant in the new Biabana Wada. Sasa. 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 Kra. But Isaac came, was interested, and God was interested. Jacob came, was interested, and God was interested. So, many people do not have divine remembrance because they have set aside their personal covenant. When you have your personal covenant with God says, I will remember. Look at the way God remembers. Watch it. Put the scripture there. When he says, God, remember me, remember me. What are you really asking for? Then will I remember my covenant with what? Talk to me. I remember my covenant with what? When God is remembering, he looks at the covenant. If you come into the new covenant, if you say God should remember you, you must be found in the blood of Jesus. The, the covenant blood of mediation. He sees the blood and he will see you. He won't see you aside the blood. If he ever saw you aside the blood, judgment will find you. Are you following now? So, for attention to come on your person, a covenant must be, must be on ground. For attention to come on your land, which could be your ministry, your family, your business. God will remember the covenant and the details of the covenant will determine the kind of remembrance you will receive. Hey. And you realize that when God remembered Abraham, he gave him a child. When he remembered Isaac, he made his land to prosper. I mean, I say a place of drought to give good harvest. When he remembered Jacob, it was for something else. Are you following now? So, you, you cannot use a covenant is not a one-time premium. Because when God looks on the covenant, he remembers people for different things at different times. Abraham's challenge for remembrance was barrenness. Are you following now? And he remembered him for the barrenness. Sorted it out. Isaac came and he needed something different. And the covenant remembered him for something different. Jacob, something different. Remembered him for something different. Hey. And you and I agree that our needs are not the same. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you need different things at different times. But your covenant must be active and relevant. Active and relevant. Divine remembrance. It is a very difficult life to live when God doesn't remember you. To live on earth without divine remembrance. That's you on your own. So one of the one of the meanings I have for remembrance is not the 
recapture of memory for someone, which will be one of the definitions. When you are forgotten and then you are remembered. I don't think that's what God is trying to do. God doesn't forget. Possibly one of the things that God's attention came upon them at a particular time. And he has always seen them, but then that attention can be a more active manifestation or demonstration of his power around them for particular things. But what I like most is that the remembrance is putting your defragmented destiny together. Yeah, it's like an assembling plant. Remember, it's like you have been dismantled and the covenant, when God remembers it, he puts the marriage together, puts the business together, puts the health together, puts the prosperity together. More like fixing you for the journey. Praise the Lord. It is at that point that recovery and restoration becomes a reality. Some people, you see that when their lives start going down, it goes on. There is nothing, there's no stopgap to turn it around. A two God have mercy. May you receive divine remembrance. That amen didn't come out at all. Hey, this church, we are anointed. Shout a better amen. amen. Tell somebody you need a covenant, an active one. There are many things I can tell you, but let me tell you this thing about another benefit of the covenant is that a covenant enhances destiny. Second Kings seventeen fifteen. Covenant enhances destiny. In 2 Kings 17, 15, he said, And they rejected his status and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not what, do like them. So here, we see that people following after hidden idols or hidden practices is what God is talking about. And because of that, God rejected them under the old covenant. And when he rejected them, he said that they became vain. They what? And they followed vanity and became what? Vain. So they, when they broke the covenant, they became vain. People who break the covenant break their destiny. And please, the key word in this particular scripture I would like to point to you is that they became vain. They followed vanity and became vain. That is, originally they were not vain. But breaking the covenant made them them to become vain. 
It does not matter how much promise you have been given. If you keep breaking the covenant, you will become vain. People start well and end badly. Because there is a way that your destiny can be enhanced. And there's a way that your destiny can be destroyed by you becoming vain. We have seen people from no background become something. And we have seen people from some good background become nothing. It's a choice. Whether you break or build a covenant will determine whether your destiny will be enhanced or your destiny will be destroyed. There are breakers of covenant and there are builders of covenant. You will see clearly the destiny of a builder of covenant enhanced. Abraham was barren, an idol worshiper. He built a covenant with God. His destiny was enhanced. Isaac enhanced. David enhanced. Then you see people. Satan himself broke covenant from an angel. He became a de- demon. Destiny will be wasted when you do not understand the principle of upholding and building the right covenant. And it's a choice. It's what? I'm not hearing you. It is what? It's a choice. So, you see that covenant practitioners, their destinies get enhanced. You will not understand why the lady doesn't look too pretty, but the marriage is good. It's a mystery. Especially in the kind of man they married. The man is not just nice, but the man also showers and pampers them. But with your Gucci, Gucci nails, Chanel eyelashes, Michael Kors uh, bracelet, anklet, trinklet, earrings, all the sunshine bobo. Destiny is still depleted. Because it is not the outward adornment that determines the quality of your destiny. It is your practice of covenant that determines the quality of your destiny. Don't lie to yourself. I have seen women physically enhancing themselves and their husbands are leaving them. And I've seen women bent with acid. And the husband said, even if he's bones, I will marry this one. Deformed. But the man is not going. He's even loving more. You. And the earlier I drop this matter, the better for me, Pope. (laughs) 
It looks to me that until you come to a place of practicing your covenant to a certain level in God, you do not attain to a certain level of divine enhancement. They became, you can become. Look, the whole born again experience, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse 10. Watch it all. Just watch it. The whole born again experience is an experience of becoming something. John 1. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Watch it. The choice here is powerful. 11. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Somebody say choice. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name. The ones who made the choice to believe him. He gave them the power to become. They were low level. But when they believed him, he upgraded them to his level by his nature. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Some people go around prosperity and they get the fruit of prosperity. But it perishes with time because they did not catch the nature of prosperity. Kodana Green. That you have to catch it so that you can manifest it regardless of the location. It's not somebody gave me money. I have one million dollars. It is irrelevant. If you don't know how to make it and how to grow it, if you have not caught it, it will break you down. So, so it, it's not what is in your hand right now. It is whether you have the wisdom and the nature to produce and reproduce. Whatever fruit you are expecting. Yeah, they became. They had the power. Some people don't have the power to constantly become. That's why life can plateau for you. Yeah, yeah, you don't have the power. You are Mianimara. You are Enora. And then Wootisenia Wootiara Ah Na Unsachera Denina Jesse Nia Wootina San out Nothing changes. If the economy is not good, you are poor already. When the economy improves, you are still poor. No enhancement. You are constant C or K. Then you look, you look at me with blind eye, you see me as C. You open eye, good eye, you, you see me as K. C, K, constant. We have to call you CK. 
And it's not Calvin Klein. Constant CK. No enhancement. In your 20s, you were disappointed. 30s, it didn't change. You are hitting 40, second half. More disappointment on the way. We can't even predict it. It's a pattern. No enhancement. But you can see, look at Jephthah. They rejected him. They came and called him. He said, ah, these people threw me away. They have come to call me for my destiny to be enhanced. He now entered into a covenant with God. He said, that thing is built there. It's built there. Let me, you, if you don't have a covenant sense, you don't have a future sense. It's your covenant sense that determines your future sense for something great. That's why covenant people are great people. People don't have a covenant sense. They live anyhow. Things come and meet them. Covenant people, they program things into their future to receive it. Is God talking to somebody here? And I'm praying that your destiny will be enhanced mightily. That amen is not born again at all. Shout a better amen. Amen. Very powerful. So here we see that in John chapter 3 verse 16. John chapter 3 verse 16. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The basis of God's covenant is given inspired by love. The basis of God's covenant with man is the act of giving which was inspired by love. That is to say that the foundation of our covenant relationship with God should start from giving to God as an expression of our love and honor for him. God loved, he gave as an expression of The covenant he had with us. I will be your God. You will be my people. Given. As an expression of his love. So the foundation of our covenant relationship with God. Should also start from giving to God. As an expression of our love and honor for him. Do you get it? And that is why. When it comes to honor, God is rigid in claiming whatever belongs to him. It's the nature of God. He is rigid in claiming what belongs to him. So Numbers chapter 3 verse 13. Watch it carefully. You and I, when we are expressing our love for God in a covenant relationship... It is to honor him. And we honor him by showing our love towards him. How do we do it? By giving. By what? Giving. 
God gave to establish a covenant with us. The Bible is clear. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. We see the blood of the sprinkling there. He had to give his life. In this Numbers chapter 3 verse 13. He said, because all the firstborn are mine. All the firstborn are what? For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be. I am the Lord. I'm saying that. God is rigid. His nature is is rigid in claiming what is his. Yeah. That is why whether you give your heart to the devil or you give it to God, because your life must be given to God, he will claim it. <laughs> and he can claim you into heaven or claim you into hell, but he still claim. Hello? Yeah. Some people, they are right off. Yeah. Hey. So, here we see that one of the things God expects us to walk in love with in terms of giving to honor him is the first fruit. Is what? I can't hear you. Is what? The first fruit. And this first fruit will guarantee divine remembrance and the enhancement of your destiny. You will become when you practice it by faith. And God said, the first fruit is mine. Numbers 3.13. All the, because all the firstborn are mine. Anything that is born first is God's. All the firstborn are mine. Why? For on the day that he smote all the firstborn in Egypt, he hallowed, when something is hallowed, it has been made holy it has been sanctified it has been set aside for the use of a deity or a divine being and god said he set aside his children the israelite as his firstborn and that is why he didn't allow egypt to touch them the firstborn the first fruit is untouchable you touch it, God will touch you too much. And you saw what happened to Pharaoh. An attempt to touch them. He was drowned in the Red Sea. God killed everything in Egypt just to ensure that the Egyptians will not touch his first fruit, which is the Israelite. Are you here with me? So the first fruit is always hallowed unto God. And it is an offering we give to honor God. It's an offering we give to do what? To honor God. Proverbs 3, 9 says that. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruit of all thine what? Increase. So it's clear that God wants us to honor him with substance and one of the substances he wants us to use is the first fruit. That should become your covenant practice as a child of God. That because God is first in my life, 
Anything that is first, which he says belongs to him, I will give him. I what? Give him. Simple. Very powerful. So you see that God claims and lay holds on the first fruit. As a church, we believe that this is our faith and covenant work. That every year, we give our first fruit to God. Praise the Lord. And that means, see, put the scripture there again. That numbers 313. This one says, bring all the first fruit. But numbers 313, watch it. Because all the firstborn are mine. Say all. I can't hear you at all. All. So, we believe that the first fruit of 2021 is January. According to the calendar. That means that the first month belongs to God. Are you here? And the fruits in the first month, they belong to God. All, not some. So you don't go and carry one week in January and come and say, because one week is the one I receive first. You see, people just play games like, like they are doing um, Tom and Jerry with God. Is they use semantics. They use, okay, but he said first. So, this is the first I received in the month. So, they now, now put weight on the first. But thank God, the word is one. First fruits is a fruit. You know, you say that the first fruit I pluck, God, now own. This is your own. First fruits. Fruits, plenty that belong to the category of the first. It's a categorization of all that belongs to the first realm. 